kick down the door. Yeah. Get in a creative flow and listen. I don't know if it's still gonna do some damage, it's still gonna crush it. I reckon they're happy mistakes. That yeah, one's yeah. so sick. The prince like, we're not becoming artists, like, you should drop that. <laughs> 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 and it's like, yeah, but I love it so much, I can't. Oh, yes. <laughs> Happiness and Crap Podcast. Okay, so. This episode of Happiness and Crap, we are talking to Brent and Jessica. They are a family-owned business. They've decided to throw in the 9-to-5 jobs and start their own pop-up bar business catering to weddings all up and down the east coast of Australia. They're going great guns, jumping right in, mixing cocktails, keeping everybody happy. This is their story of how they've started their business and decided to leave their nine to fives. Enjoy. All right, we're on. So we're sitting down with Brent and Jessica, or Jess, and they own a pop-up bar business called Henry Clive. Yep. Tell us about Henry Clive and how you got into the, the liquor trade. Seems like a bit of a mafiosa move. <laughs> yeah, Henry Clive uh, Caravan Bar is basically a 1970s Franklin caravan that we purchased from Victoria two years ago and converted into a uh, yeah a mobile bar for events and primarily at the moment weddings. So it's real quirky and funky and we basically arrive on site and take care of everything bar related staff, ice, glasses, yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes, yeah. <laughs> they just supply the alcohol. So from there it's grown. We've got a couple of other mobile bar options as well. Yeah, wow. It's a lot of fun. It's taken off pretty quickly. You've yeah. only been doing it a couple of years and it's grown that quick. Yeah. How have you gotten into the wedding market and how has it expanded from there? The wedding market was kind of easy to get into being in the location we're in the South Coast wedding fairs and all the venues down around Jervis Bay and that. They're all DIY venues, so it's kind of worked out really well. We're, we're located in Kiama, so we're a short stroll from down the coast and we also have Sydney's not too far away. Yep, so you get a, a lot of crew from Sydney coming down this way for location weddings. Yeah. Most yep. people are Sydney folk and they're looking to get away from the city and get all their family away for a weekend and yeah. party on down south coast. We were lucky enough, too, to have a couple of friends that were already in the in industry. So, yeah, Vanessa Bragg from the Wedding and Event Creators really helped us out and sort of told us, you know, which wedding fairs were the good ones and, and yeah, gave us an insight as to what the wedding industry is like down here. So, yeah, we were lucky. It's um, definitely from, from the outside. I'm not one to be a huge part of weddings, but um, <laughs> being, being younger and heaps single... <laughs> but uh, taking it right back, from what stage did you get the caravan at when you know when you guys bought it, and how much work did you put into it? Oh, so much work! It really broke me. <laughs> I didn't even do much of the work, but it was more trying to piece everything together, trying to find parts for the caravan. We found an absolute legend of a guy that lives not too far from here, Chris Frando, who pieced the whole caravan together for us. But it was trying to source. Oh, that window, that yeah. front window was 
So we basically, we, we bought a 70s vintage caravan. So along with that comes, you know, rotted floors and um, structurally it, it wasn't the best. So Chris had a, a bit of a job um, in front of him to try and convert that into our vision, but also make it roadworthy and you make it so it doesn't fall apart. So we've got this really long bifold window at the front. And it was that bifold window was a real challenge because a lot of the people around here didn't want to make it because it all sort of slides to one side and we're obviously driving with it and it's glass. But we managed to find a company down in Victoria that was willing to do it. We didn't get a warranty for it, so we're just hoping it never breaks. But <laughs> hope for the best. That was the catch. Yeah, they make catch. it for us, but they can't warrant it. So okay, it's still hanging on. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's about a year it took actually because yeah. the guy that was doing it, Chris which he did an awesome job but he was sort of doing it in between his work and stuff so yeah it was a long process and in that time a couple of other pop-up mobile bar businesses sort of popped up around the south coast too so we were just like itching for it to to get going but like a challenge to get it up and going and obviously having a competitive market that was just starting around the area was was probably a good thing for us it gave us that drive to yeah get it done get it done and get it out there and start chasing down some work and bringing some money back in and trying to grow the business further yeah that's nice like it does look amazing thanks man <laughs> what what inspired you to i mean was this that sort of 70s age the kind of area you wanted to look for from the start or yeah, yeah it definitely was yeah jess's um, eye for that that caravan was spot on i had a bit of resistance with the shape and yeah yeah she, she fought back and, yeah there was a couple of ideas was the right that was you're thrown around but I think our caravans sort of got a real classic understated feel about it and it's really versatile and it fits sort of in any area so um, you know it's not necessarily shabby chic it's not necessarily rustic feeling it's it can it can be any one of those but it's also got this real elegant feel to it but we wanted him to be a gentleman so we named him Henry Clive because Henry's my grandfather and Clive's Brent's great-grandfather and All right. Can, yeah. I wondered where the name came from. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's got a nice ring to it. Hey? Yeah. Got awesome. Got old school feel, kind of fits the business idea. So was that main side window that you serve out of, was that the main struggle, the main hurdle that you guys came across in fitting that caravan out? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It took six months to find that. Yeah. yeah. And then we had to um, hire a trailer to bring it back up from Victoria. It was a terrifying drive. <laughs> it was on the back of a car trailer. Strapped yeah. down, wrapped in blankets, every little bump on the way home was just having a heart attack. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge as well is having a caravan that is so old, little things crop up all the time, so it's the continuing maintenance of it, I guess. Um, yeah, you think of a caravan when someone buys it and uses it, they use it maybe two or three weeks a year and it sits in the driveway. This thing's going out every week and it is 40, 50 years old. So there's ongoing maintenance with it. But I think Chris has done a good job building it to start with. So Yeah, and you, I don't think you could have got the same effect if you had have just built one new. It had to be that old sort of caravan. Yeah, so. yeah. How much were you guys involved in the actual fit out and the design of it? Like were you guys drawing up plans and yeah. figuring yeah. out all the little finishes and details? Yeah, so... Chris was really good with us. He's, he understood our idea from the start and we pitched it to him and he offered his experience on the way through when building the van and putting it together. Physically, we ripped it out and gutted it and, and that's about the extent of it. We were just kind of 
Well, throwing yeah. more ideas at him. Mater- like materials we chose and the look of it we chose. We knew what we wanted and where we wanted things. And we actually, with the windows at the back, we didn't know how sort of how we were going to do that. We actually bought windows from Steak oh, Bar originally, right, yeah. like wooden house windows, house windows, thinking <laughs> that massive. they would fit. <laughs> just spent a bomb on these windows and we got them and thought, yeah, that's not going to work. Showed <laughs> up and we'll just look at them and go on. Well, that was a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not going to work at all. I think they're still under the house. Yeah, and then Chris, we told Chris about that, and he said, oh, I'll just make them from scratch. So he's just made these really slimline windows that just look really cool. Mm. Yeah, it, does, it sounds like a really creative process just going through all that to, to make it. Was there anything you used as inspiration f- for that? or? Yeah, totally. There, yeah. Was, there was a van. It was a van down in Melbourne that I saw and I loved. Um, there was only a couple. So we drew a lot of inspiration for that from that yeah. van, I think. Like yeah. just the, I just knew that, yeah. They had a style and a look that we really liked. We went on their website and were like, these guys are amazing. They're killing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, took a page out of their book and kind of added our own flavour to it. Yeah. Mm. So it was a complete lesson in creativity. Like you guys both have a bit of creativity throughout your yeah. lives. Yeah, it's an incredible process. Like you, you Brent, were involved in music. And yep. How much have your past experiences helped shape this process? Uh, a lot, I'd say, because I, I enjoy the creative side of the whole journey of Henry Clive, not even just the business side of it as well. And just gives you the ability to dream and that, that ability allows you to get creative. And yeah, I'd say Brent's got a really good mindset for this kind of thing. He's like, you can do anything if you just throw yourself into it. And if you're passionate enough about it, it'll just work. Whereas I, I'm a bit of a warrior. So he's been good at giving me the boosting my confidence to sort of do it and take that leap. But now it's out there. I think I've grown a lot in that area. I feel like I can do anything now in terms of how much we could grow further, I guess. Yeah. With a business that you've never had, you've never ran before, you've never done anything like it before, it it does seem daunting, even the small steps, if you just just get stuck into it and do it and what can go wrong. What's the worst that can happen, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good way way to look at it. You, You talk about taking that leap how how much are you guys invested not financially but um i suppose for the future is is this something that you want to go 100 percent into and what are you doing now to kind of supplement your income as you're as you're developing henry clive yeah so originally this was just a hobby it was to kind of take our minds off the other two jobs we had and something we can enjoy together on the weekends having a bit of extra income too which was yeah that's right but as the business grows and as we see how much of a market there is for it we've kind of changed our game plan going forward and yeah it is definitely our plan to be our our sole income in a business that we want to grow i'd say it was more as well i was working a job that i didn't really love and had a bit of a rough time there with my health for a while and brent sort of just said to me what are you doing? What do you want to do? What, if you could do anything, what would it be? And that's sort of how I just decided to do this because I've got a strong background in hospitality. And then um, I totally don't know what I'm going to say now. <laughs> that's all right. Can you yeah, no, that that's all good. <laughs> I do Sometimes know what I was going to say, but I forgot the question and I'm like, I'm going so off par here. No, that's fine. <laughs> it, it's just completely interesting how 
you're in a job that you don't love and you just mm. use that as inspiration to completely change tack and go in a new direction and yeah. and go for something that you want to be doing. Yeah, mm. those jobs, I was the same as Jess. They were the drive to get to where we are now. Mm. I just remember going to work every day and there was this one driveway where you drive down into the mine site and I just think to myself, man, I hate this place. I hate <laughs> this job. This yep. is not a career I want to do. No, so you were in a pretty gnarly job of being a miner going yeah. underground and it's filthy and dirty and yeah, dark it's and horrible. pretty soul destroying, would you say? Oh, mate, 100%. <laughs> yeah, every day. It just, I don't know, like I, I don't get down on too many things in life, but the last two years driving into a place like that, I just thought this is, I know this isn't for me. It's yeah. against everything I believe in. Like I'm, I'm dependent on it. We have a family, we have a mortgage, so I've got to keep coming here. So it was a few years ago we made the decision to put a plan in place and ask ourselves where we want to be in five and ten years and what do we enjoy doing. And It was pretty hard for him too because he was on weekends, so I'd be gearing up for a wedding at like of a... 150 people down the coast and it was just going to be a fun times and he had to drive yeah. into drive into the mine site. See the so. caravan driving off to another party and I'd be going to work. Every Monday he's like, how many more bookings? When can I quit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you were in a nine to five job as yeah. well, Jess. So I was, yeah, in an office in front of a computer eight hours a day doing a lot of overtime too. It sort of affected me physically in terms of chronic headaches and stuff like that mm. for a long time. And then that's when we realised something drastic needed to change. So I was lucky enough that Brent was in a position to support me and I had a few months off work and that's sort of when we, yeah, really got into Henry Clive and That's when the mind it. started ticking, the creative yeah. flow started coming through. Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's a pretty interesting point. You're working a job that you don't like and then you get into something that you're passionate about mm. and it's your creative idea oh, it's and, changed, and yeah. your health yeah. improved with, yeah. with oh, going for that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That speaks volumes of if you're in a job that you don't like and you're 100%. going in there every day hating it, mm-hmm. the impact that that has on your health is... Oh, your well-being. And oh. Yeah. 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 As soon as you start going with your flow of how you want to live and stop sort of not being true to yourself yeah yeah exactly it sounds a bit woo but it's like the universe saying hey you're on this path and it's not the right one Mm. yeah you need to wake up and yeah change tack and And go for what you really want to be doing yeah it's right you get tunnel vision sometimes like you see obviously we need money to survive and you see what you've what you've got to supply to, to family and to mortgage and you just think all right i'm this is the job this is what i'm doing i have to continue on in this i have to build a career if i want more money if i want to be successful and it just goes on and it's it's never ending ladder that you'll climb to nowhere you can't step back and go oh hang on there's so many other opportunities out there if i just take a, a step in the other direction who knows what might happen mm-hmm. but the world's not going to end that's the main thing you just got to go for it yeah, I think that's that's massive. There's so many people that can go so far through life without realizing that, without mm. being able to take that step back and kind of realize that what they're doing at the moment isn't working for them. Yeah. Was there anything that got you to that realization or was it just because you had been going through the motions for so long that you 
it just kind of dawned on you at a certain time or were there other things happening that, that kind of made you realize this? I don't think there was once one particular time for me. I think how it come about really is what I was going through for that yeah. period in my life in terms of just in terms of my health and not, not liking the person I was because I was just so exhausted all the time and yeah, just chronic pain just is really taxing and you just think this can't be, this can't be it. And I think when you're going through something like that, you really need to take a look at your life and make and, and think about making a drastic change just to shock you out of it. I think, I think that's was the driving factor when Brent asked me what, what it is you wanted to do. And from there we built Henry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's great. I think a lot of people are afraid of taking that leap, especially if you've invested so much time into whatever your job yeah. might be beforehand to stop one day and just be like, I'm going to do something completely different. Mm. Yeah. For some people, it doesn't work out. For you guys, it's it's going great at the moment. Where do you see this going in the next three, five years' time? We definitely have plans in place for this business. They're probably slightly differ. I'm, I'm probably a bit more ambitious than Jess. Jess is the one that keeps the thing oh. ticking over in the background, and I'm the one that throws crazy ideas down the down the hallway of the house, and she'll just be looking at me going, mate, come on. <laughs> let's let's just doing? get this down pat first. <laughs> I'm all up for moving forward for sure, but oh, I don't know. Life's crazy at the moment. I'm pregnant. We've got another one on the way. Stuff's happening. You want to be able to build it, but back that as well and have the time for it. So I, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to let the quality go. Yeah, exactly. It's something that our clients love about our business is our service and our quality of service, which is excellent. I would like to think we've never had a bad review. So I'm all for growth, but. Yeah, moving forward in the next 12 months, we've got a crazy wedding season coming up September onwards and we just want to focus on that, yep. get that right. I'm in the business now. I've thrown my full-time job in, so <laughs> we're going to enjoy this summer with, with Henry Clive and then we've Love got some, some big ideas that we don't really want to... Yeah, we want to hit the corporate market and and um, we'd really like to get a liquor licence at the moment. We run... Basically, we don't need a liquor license. Our way around it is we actually serve their alcohol and it is quite hard to get when you're in the mobile catering business and you don't actually serve food. But we've got a few ideas to be able to push forward and get that, which would open up a whole lot of doors to new things. So that's yeah, exciting. That's, that's a big project we'll be working on early next year, hmm. along with a few other big ticket items, maybe some more bars and yeah. some packages and things like that. So you kind of spoke of a bit of team dynamic where Brent you're a bit more crazy and you got the wild ideas and Jess you're a little more conservative and thinking things through mm -hmm. yeah has it taken you you guys a while to figure out the dynamic and how to get the balance right yeah it definitely did I think we're in a good spot now we both know each other's mindset we have our as I said before our probably 12 month plan that we're both happy with um, and then we come into next winter with a bit of downtime and then we'll focus on some bigger projects then. But it, I, I think it's a balance. good mix. It's definitely a good mix. It's needed. You can't have one without the other. Yeah, like no, if it for was sure. just me running the business, it'd probably be on fire, the caravan would be. <laughs> and if it's just me, it's, the van would still be in getting <laughs> renovated. So, <laughs> And you, you don't want two of the same people either. No. Yeah, that's right. It'd just be completely one-sided and... Yeah, yeah, would, yeah. It'd be hard to get ideas off the ground, and yeah, it it still can be sometimes. I mean, well, up until now, 
I was working a full-time job and in a small business to get ideas up and running it is a lot of energy sometimes a lot of money a lot of time mm. and yeah we're mid 30s or early 30s I won't sell you out too, <laughs> too quick. <laughs> Come on, man. and to find that time to make things happen is probably the biggest challenge right now with the business yeah it's more kids so and I get excited driving around sitting out the surf thinking about ideas and that and I bring them home and Jess just reminds me of where we are and need to relax and let these things happen. And Totally. I'm all for them. We just need to take one step at a time and think she, it through. She does it the <laughs> rational way. <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic to have and like Luke said, I think it's good to have one of each. And I mean, you've got more people that are an influence on your life now with kids. Does that yeah. affect how you run the business at all or when you throw crazy ideas forward, is it like, no, we've, we've got... The, the child which is the primary yeah. you know, what we need to focus on and then yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you're right there at the same time though I'm, I'm pretty stoked when I think about Dylan and what we're creating here I'm pretty happy that we're showing him that he can sort of follow his dreams do whatever he wants so I don't think I don't think it has an impact too much just time wise with a little one that's the main thing and finding yeah. babysitters and finding babysitters <laughs> yeah. is a huge thing yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't hold us back when we're trying to grow the business and where we think about if we want to take a risk or something like that. Yeah. It's not something that comes to mind because if we weren't willing to take calculated risks, we wouldn't be here in the first place. We'd still yeah. be in two jobs yeah. that we hate and a totally, life that we yeah. don't enjoy. Well, I think the good thing you said there was setting a good example for, yeah. for Dylan and the rest of your family when, when that comes along. I think that especially being in a job like you, Brent, before where you were doing something you hated that you didn't really agree with ethically, yeah. I think it's awesome that you were able to, you know, think ahead and think, what can I do to show my son what I feel is right? Like that's a hard thing for a parent to do to yeah. a child is yeah. to distill your ethics onto them. Yeah, that's right. Especially when you've thrown yourself into a, a mortgage, mm. you become dependent on that job. And you just know it's not right. You don't want to do it. It doesn't feel right for you. Yeah, and as Jess said, you just got to lead by example. And as much as you just want to throw it in on the spot, you do have to make calculated choices and put plans yeah, it's in place. Game. It's a long game. It's a long game. It's a long game. It was a long five years yeah. <laughs> since, <laughs> since I first kind of thought this isn't for me. I just spent two years studying to get a certain certificate to further my career. And it was literally about a week after I got that certificate and I thought, wow, what a waste of time. Mm. This isn't for me. I need to get out. So it was it was about four or five years before I've, I actually got to put that job in, into the history pages and yeah. move forward. Yeah. Super proud of him. He always said he was going to do it, but he was, yeah. He actually... I talked it up a lot. <laughs> yeah, he did. There was quite a few times where he, yeah, he said, no, that's it. I'm, I'm leaving this year. And then another year would roll by. So, yeah. But we eventually got there <laughs> no that's great i think that's a a great example to set for your family and for other people looking in as well yeah it is possible definitely mm. definitely for for anyone out there really it doesn't matter sort of what you're doing yeah if you're willing to take that step back and look at your life broadly yeah and figure out exactly what you want then and it's it's good to kind of see that come together as well yeah definitely how did you go about setting a plan to leave the job because that seems like the crucial turning point or yeah. like the thing that gets you actually out of there like instead of just having a pipe dream what did you do to create that plan the hardest thing was 
And this would always be the hardest thing for anyone in that position was to look back at how much energy, time and money you've put into where you are now and why would you let all that go? You just got to keep going. And I just thought to keep going, it's it's more energy, it's more money, it's more study, it's more hours into something I don't want to do. You're limited just... too by that by that job. But when it's not your own, you're limited to that particular industry or the company you're with yeah, when, you, you when can't, it's your own. Like you can see the manager and, and that's it. That's as high as you can go. That's as much money as you can earn. It might be a big paycheck, but if you're out there running your own business, sky's the limit. You can push it as far as you want. If it's money you want, you can go absolutely nuts yeah. if, if you're really good at it. If um, it's the flexibility and lifestyle you want, well, you can... Yeah, that's right. Um, I think the turning point or how to put the plan in place... A lot of it was budgeting too. It was just thinking we had to look at our finances and, and figure out how much money we needed to earn with our new business to be able to, I guess, yeah. live because we do have a mortgage, but also thinking about what we really, what's really important to us as well. Do we need all this extra crap that we're... Yeah, that's right. We couldn't have done it without a budget. That's that's my advice to anyone. Yeah, so we you're creating like a spreadsheet and yeah. figuring yeah. everything out. Yeah, and yeah. then you can budget up and down if you're going into Christmas times and you've got a bunch of work and yeah. you don't want to burn through too much cash, tinker with your budget and stick to it and be honest to yourself with your money. Yeah, it seems like you guys did it in a really smart way. You didn't just quit your job and just have a few little goals. Yeah. It seems like you plotted your goals against the budget mm-hmm. yeah, and yep. then slowly created a transition phase to get out of the jobs that you yeah. were in. That's the way to do it. It takes, a, it takes a risk out of it. And once that risk's out of it, you can make smart decisions. Mm. Let's look at how the business runs from sort of day to day. On a day where you have an event, what does that day look like for, for you guys juggling where you've got to be? And it's a big Jess, day. Jess looks like a beetroot. Right tomorrow for 16 hours straight. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was funny when we started the business. It's so fun to get it up and running and the creative side of it and getting your brand and your marketing and website up and running and all of that. And then you've got this business and you're like, oh, I've actually got to work in it now. (laughs) But it's it's awesome work. Like I, I love it. But it is hard work. It's really physical. So I'm up at probably seven in the morning, dropping the little one off to mum or Brent's yeah. mum. And then I'm setting up, so I'm going to wherever the wedding is that day, driving the caravan or driving the trailer with the mobile bars or maybe doing two trips if they've hired everything. And then it's just a matter of setting the bars up, getting all the alcohol on ice. Prior to that, I guess it's organising stuff for the day. Juicing a million limes. Juicing a million limes <laughs> with those cocktails. Got to have um, a fresh lime. Yep. But I think... Preparation is huge for a wedding. You want everything to go exactly as planned because it has to because it's a wedding and you don't want anything to go wrong. So I think, yeah, just being fully prepared. And that's why I give myself heaps of time, get there nice and early. And Like you said, having a plan's really good for stuff, like that, especially with someone else's wedding where yeah. a lot of people see, you know, the drink service as being a pretty important part of it because it's yeah. a celebration. What do you find is the easiest way to kind of step into person who's having the wedding shoes? They obviously want it to run as smooth as possible. Is yeah. that how you approach it? Oh, Think yeah. If it was my wedding, totally. I'd like it to be like this. Yeah, exactly. We we had our wedding and so I know how, how much goes into that day. Like it's huge. Sometimes they're planning for up to a year and, and as much as on the day, they probably wouldn't even notice, but 
it's up to you to make sure that it comes together exactly how they've dreamed it, I guess. You can kind of get the vibe off the bride and groom on the morning when you meet them. Jess has usually spoken to them leading up to the event and then I'll meet them and they might, without trying to, drop little hints about things. They don't recognise they're saying it, but it's about picking up on those those little mm. hints and then just ensuring that everything is is in line, everything's perfect, everyone's happy is the main thing and it's it's just... Good banter at the bar. Yeah. If you're asked, the bride or groom asks for an extra one or two percent, you give it. Yeah. You do it. But you do it's, it anyway. Yeah. It's not that. Yeah, you do it anyway. It's it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. We're happy people. We enjoy life. We enjoy that job. So I think we're uh, we've got a routine now when we show up on site, and it's getting more structured, which yeah. is good. And we're pretty relaxed now on a on a Saturday or a Sunday when we do a yeah. wedding. Yeah, I have to admit, my first few weddings, I was ball of stress, but after a few, now you. Exactly right. You you get a process going and structures in place, and we do get some curveballs every now and then, which always is a big spanner in the works. But the, I think the most stressful days are probably the the farm weddings, January, February, March. They're thirty something degrees. Yeah, There's your ice is melting. Ice you've got is melting everywhere. Three hundred cocktails to make, and you've got ice that's water, and, <laughs> and they're yeah, fifty minutes from the closest place. That, sells ice that's they're always the hardest weddings but, but they're also the most rewarding i think you get through it and you're like yep we nailed that we, yeah yeah definitely <laughs> we, we did it yeah we usually wrap it up about 2 or 3 a.m and yeah. by about 4 so it's sleep like, it off sunday that sounds like a very big day you know like it i said can, starting yeah. at seven and if you're finishing at three or four yeah trying to be. drag that caravan home it, it can be <laughs> a big oh. taxing day and then thinking oh i can't wait to unpack that and wash all the glassware and yeah. although we've secured brent's pop now for washing glassware he's recently retired and he wanted something to do so we oh, bought him a glass washer and a weapon. <laughs> he washes our 200 plus glasses after every wedding Perfect. he's a legend yeah. yeah other than that bit of a, a helping hand uh do you employ many other people to help you guys in the caravan we're lucky that we've got a really big friend network that we're all really keen to do a bit of bar work or a bit of work outside their usual full-time work mm. i guess just yeah. to earn a bit more money and they're all awesome i think that's what makes henry clive is the staff definitely they're excellent they're yeah. happy they're hard workers they're switched on you have someone there one or two of our employers would be there for their first gig and then the next gig next weekend you, you don't even have to tell them anything they're all over it they're grabbing ice they're putting beers back into the cool room that aren't getting used they're walking around picking up everything mm. they're ensuring that the bride and the groom and the bride and groom's family who's sitting over in a certain areas being looked after yeah. yeah they're, they're extremely helpful people for us and they make our life very easy that's for sure yeah we've been really lucky with that you know once you get one then they recommend someone else which is their friend and you know they're going to be good as well so mm. yeah i think they're they're a huge part of our success yeah so you mentioned using your friend network obviously for a bit of staffing and, and stuff like that as your business grew did it start off a lot with your friends and family talking and recommending you to people and obviously you see it grow from that. Has it got to a point now where it kind of has gotten to the point where it's growing itself? It's not friends and family talking about it, it's people that you've gone to weddings of and they're like, we saw this cool caravan there, that was, yeah. that was sick and yeah. recommend now. it like that, yeah. Yeah, totally. We did do a couple of like weddings for friends and family and it was only a couple to start with and then 
social media is just huge. That's our only advertising at the moment is mm. through Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. And we've got a really good following now. And, and yet, as you said, it's just building itself. We just It's building on reputation. As yep. I touched before, I think our reputation is excellent because our service is excellent and we do pride ourselves on it. And when it comes to someone's big day, their, their idea is, and, and everyone's idea is to only do it once. Mm. So they want it to be perfect and they want the best of the best there. And we provide that service and we back ourselves to do it. So yeah, a huge word of mouth. We've gotten uh, so many people contact saying, hey, I saw you at this wedding, blah, blah, blah. I really loved you, interested yeah. in you for us. Meet so many cool people too, hey. We met the guy. The big, you know, big brother, the show. Yeah. Yeah, we did his wedding. The oh, voiceover. Wow. The, the, the real big brother. Oh, the voiceover guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's Crazy. He's a vocal artist. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. That was my favourite one. <laughs> so you're going to climb. Fred's claim to fame. <laughs> yeah. that big brother. You're going to keep doing celebrity weddings? <laughs> just, to. just keep building up. Yeah. Yeah. Go for nice. the celebrity market. <laughs> so it's a job that kind of takes you from location to location. How far mm. are you traveling for weddings now? It's kind of taken you out of our little South Coast bubble. Mm. Are you going up to the big smoke to Sydney? And Yeah, we, we do plan on branching out. We've done a couple of smaller gigs up there. But again, we haven't really marketed ourselves up there or advertised ourselves up there. We haven't gone to any of the expos and we, we're really just getting all our bookings for the South Coast. So we haven't seen the need for it no. as yet because it's so easier. It's much easier to go yeah. south than north yeah. with a caravan as well. But you guys did do a, a good stint on a boat on New Year's Eve. How did yeah, that one go? that was epic. Actually, yeah. I should put that as the number one gig we've yeah, done. The floating caravan. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Henry Clive stayed home for that one. It was just Jess and I. But yeah. we've done a few events with some lovely people up there in Sydney. And this was the third one for them. And they had a party on a boat, New Year's Eve, right in the middle of Darling Harbour, Sydney Harbour. Yeah, Sydney. Sydney Harbour, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was, they just wanted us to serve their friends and family all night. And make we'll cocktails. Make and cocktails. And logistically, was it was a nightmare because we had to take about 10 boxes of glasses and all our bar equipment on the train on New Year's Eve up to the city and then when we got there because we thought parking would be horrendous and we got there there was just parks everywhere and we were thinking, no but we took two trolleys so that's, we that's dedication that yeah. I, I remember walking down it was probably about 30 degrees maybe 10 or 11 in the morning and we were i don't know sydney very well we we're close to the water but we're on the top of this hill and i'm thinking we're so high up here. How do you get down to the water? And Jess is on Google Maps. It's going, oh, we just follow all these little laneways. And they're just, just steps, like top to bottom, four or 500 steps all the way down. And we're just going, goo 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 with all the glassware. And then, yeah, the way home was worse. Oh, yeah. So it was an epic night. You got to see the fireworks from the water. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, that's when we looked at each other, I think, at New Year's Eve and the countdown and we looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we made the right decision. This yeah, is awesome. This, this awesome this, little business has brought us here on this night. And yeah. So good. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned cocktails. Is that something you guys are passionate about, making cocktails and getting creative and <laughs> yeah. creating new, new different flavours? And Yeah. yeah. Do you have enjoyable. your own signature cocktail? Yeah. We have one. It is a Henry Clive's signature cocktail called the Gin Jam. 
Uh, we've been tinkering with it for about a year now, so it's <laughs> it's ongoing. But it is working with flavors and different different liquors, and especially now there's all these Australian gins and whiskies that are coming out. It's really fun to do, uh, and it's definitely something we're going to be focusing hard on going forward in the next mm. twelve months. And we do have some pretty damn good mixologists working in the van with us. Yeah, we some do. Some of our staff are excellent. Yeah, they are. Put on a good show. You mentioned Australian, you know, made gins and how there's definitely a lot more of a push towards Australian made products, whether that's yeah. alcohol or whatever it may be. As far as the selection of the alcohols for the events that you do, how much say do you have in that? And do you try and direct people towards more locally made produce? So the good question, going forward, this is something that we've been talking about and we want to do, and we'll get a more of a say in it when we do get a liquor license. It can put packages yeah. together. Right now, it comes down to the clients. Obviously, when someone goes into a wedding, they have a budget. When they want a cocktail package, we'll put our suggested, suggested recipes forward with the liquors that we would like to use. Hardly ever the cheap ones, so <laughs> it's, it's always the Belvedere vodkas. Archie um, Rose gins. Archie and Rose gins, yeah. yeah. So it's something we like to do because not only are the guests more impressed, the liquor does taste better. The cocktails are 10 times better if you use the right stuff. And there's some really good stuff coming out of Australia too, so yeah, in terms of liquor. We try to, but again, it's, it's not something we can push because... In the end, it's their choice and their budget. Yeah, of course. I think it would definitely add to the little story you're telling, especially mm. with the old van that has a lot of character, that has a nice story behind the name. If you can add that story of locally made mm. liquors and produce to, to that little narrative, it would be, yeah. be a pretty cool little step. And I think like a lot of people would appreciate it more. And it's those small touches that people at a wedding can be like the wedding's one thing but it's the, the little yeah. things that a lot of people notice yeah. yeah that's exactly right maybe something that they haven't tried before i think we'll definitely look into that once we move to the next step of the liquor license yeah that's great you guys serve mostly liquor is there food involved as well or is that coming down the line or not yet um no if the only food options we'll be giving it would be to stay compliant with the liquor license yeah and generally when we're at wedding events there are caterers there that yeah okay that, mm. there's some local caterers here that absolutely kill it their food's amazing i wouldn't even try to go no. against and no. do you guys work alongside caterers that you see at weddings regularly or do you like yeah. team up with anybody or it's so, it's so it's such a good industry to be like the wedding industry down the south coast is is so great everyone's just so lovely and build each other up and support each other mm. and a lot of your business is based on word of mouth and recognizing if we go to a wedding recognizing the caterer that was there and and giving them a shout out and stuff like that so we work with a lot of south coast based caterers they're all fantastic and it's a really good team effort on the day yeah. yeah and it's really nice to you see them at one and you work really well together and then they suggest you to a client or you suggest them and then you're working together again and yeah it's it's really good there's some good little businesses down on the south coast mm, isn't there? really good food so food for us is probably not something going forward we want to focus more on getting this license and getting yep. our liquor packages and making some cocktails that are really going to blow people out yeah, yeah, cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. With the events that you're doing, so you're mostly doing weddings now. Yep. Are you guys going to move into other kind of events? Are yep. we going to see you at like the footy oval or something on a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> We've done that before. We have done that, yeah. yeah. Down at Kaima Rugby. 
club? Yeah, look, we'll um, go anywhere. We do have a focus on the corporate side of things. There's obviously something we've never done before there and it's challenging and it's something we want to get involved in. That's where the liquor license comes in because a lot of the corporate people don't want to have to go and get their own alcohol. They want everything done for them. And there's a lot of places down the south coast that do retreats and that sort of thing for those people. So that's where we want to really build, I guess. Yeah. Okay. As far as the creative side of things go, do you feel like the whole creative vision of the business is kind of dictated by the fact that you've got a 70s caravan? Your workers in there wearing bow ties and stuff like that. Mm, Was that a pretty easy choice to make just to not so much marketing goes, but just your image as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to give it personality, but we want it to be classic and something that would fit in anywhere. So I think that's really, that's come across in everything we do in our service, in our uniform, in our bars that we create. Yeah, it's always on the top of our mind to make sure that we're keeping in line with that old school vibe. There's something about that, like that That 1920s kind of speakeasy, those eras where people are just dressed up in bow ties and drinking cocktails and the (laughs) roar roar in 20s, (laughs) shooting the breeze. We kind of want to stick with that, but also going forward, have that modern touch to our service and to our business. And Yeah, it's definitely got a modern touch. Mm. Mm. You guys have really thought about brand image and carried that through from the drinks that you serve, the uniforms, the, the caravan and how that was fitted out. Yeah, yeah. That's all, that was all Jess. Do you get a lot of positive feedback on that? Like obviously you're getting a lot of clientele, so mm. that's feedback in itself but her people coming up and saying this is awesome what you guys have created here yeah and it's a good feeling too yeah i had a guy come up to me two weekends ago we did an event and he said oh i miss the the roaring 20s (laughs) (laughs) you're even alive in the 20s he goes ah that vibe that you have just brought it tonight and it just that just made me feel chuffed yeah i was so happy yeah Totally. Mm. We always, yeah, we do get a lot of people, even if they're just passing by and they see the caravan and they're just like, yeah, that's really super cool. Like mm. what you've done there, you've nailed it. So that's validation, I guess. And yeah, it's really nice. It must be really rewarding to work in a setting where it's about celebration and people being happy. It's, yeah. it's a, a far cry from so working cool. in the mines <laughs> yeah. or sitting yeah. behind a desk. Like it's, yeah. How much happiness has all of this brought to, to your lives? So much. Life's Not only that, I think it's, mm. brought, it's brought me purpose as well, which is huge for your well-being and for your happiness, I guess, is to feel content with what you're doing and be proud of it. It's huge. I don't get down now when I have to go to work. I don't think about it a week out or a day out. It doesn't bum me. I'll mm. be doing something and I'll just be getting excited for the next event that we're doing because it's... It is, every event is a celebration and it's mm. it's someone's best day of their life and all their friends and family are there partying. It's just a great vibe yeah. as, as opposed to where we've been. And yeah. You end up feeling a part of the family at the end of the night because you do, yeah. unlike like a lot of the vendors that go, they're there for the start setting up or they're styling or whatever, we're there, we're there from the start to the finish. So it's really awesome to be able to be a part of everything, speeches right to the dance, yeah. right to just, just partying at the end. Positive conversation with people while you're working. It's not something I've ever had. Like, <laughs> no, no one's negative at a wedding, are they? No, no, surely no. not. I haven't had anyone. Any, we have never had any dramas with anyone carrying on. No. Everyone's always been super respectful, which is 
probably the best side of owning a bar business that does events as opposed to owning a bar where people just show up because they want to go to the bar and have a few drinks. Yeah, mm. we, we don't have any, any issues no. with anyone. Everyone's happy. Yeah, that would be a really positive impact for you guys as well is you guys are interacting with the clientele mm. nonstop throughout the yeah. day and just having that people-to-people conversation and talking yeah. stories. and Yeah, it's good. I enjoy it. So do I. <laughs> yeah. I have well, these your old aha job. moments. Yeah, I yeah. do because I, I have these moments where I think about, oh, I don't ever have to go back there again. Like I, this is me now. It's, it's me. I'm mm. making money out of something that I love and so much flexibility like with kids and it's just not a downer at all. Sometimes it gets, it's hard. It's definitely hard work. It's physically like I, hard work, yeah. I'm stuffed after a, a gig and I need a few days to recover. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It's a good it's a good exhaustion. It is rewarding, Yeah, I think, and it does have a huge positive impact on our life. I'm, I know 100% I'm happier mm. since starting the business. It, it gives us somewhere to throw that, that creative energy and and just energy in general without just sitting around at a job mm. that we hate burning off energy that we have in a, a negative way and mm. just having conversations with people at work just to get by just pointless conversations mm. or conversations with your boss that it's just all about hitting targets and blah 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 yeah. i worked with some pretty great people i was pretty lucky there but the actual work was just taxing on me it's yeah, a far cry from what we're doing now. Oh, it's, it? yeah, it's not good for your, for your health at all, mm-hmm. I don't think, personally, being in one position all day. So obviously weddings are usually a, a place of celebration where everyone's really happy. What are some of the best mishaps you've seen at weddings? This is something I'm fascinated by. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Any, any ring some... boys following the rings or no. flowers not going awry? Thank God. <laughs> I've seen some, I've heard some bad A lot of audio issues. Audio issues, you know, when the audio cuts out mid-I do's and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't think we've seen anything too bad yet. We try and, try and stay on top of things as well. If you can see something at the start of an event that's going to cause an issue. Oh, electrical, you, you and I remember it. once in, the, in a marquee at a Sperry tent and they had all these festoon lights and it was the middle of the speeches and the power just cut it surged and then everything just went dark for about half an hour so that was mayhem <laughs> what about that guy that started that fire oh yeah that yes, was now we're talking oh, yeah. <laughs> tell me more <laughs> oh mate so, this, this guy it was a howling westerly 40 50 not westerly it was a horrible night actually blew the back window off the caravan and about 50 meters into the bush <laughs> and this guy so the owners of this venue down the coast they've got all these big drums that they have fires in they decided to get them out of the way and make them disappear so no one would feel like oh it's time to light a fire <laughs> and they put them right down near the bush so this guy's gone for a walk to have a cigarette and he's found him and he's like oh why isn't this lit up so it's just <laughs> started this fire that was gigantic and these flames were just going straight into the bush yeah. thought we're all gonna die i've seen it and just freaked and grabbed the tub of water that we used for washing and i've just started like running over there and by this time everyone was watching but i tripped so <laughs> the, the bucket's gone everywhere and everyone's just going what the hell's going on oh, mate. Uh, yeah but we ended up getting there and putting it out he was shocked he was like what he's doing i thought i was doing a good thing this is for a fire <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Come back up to the party, mate. Let it go. That's classic. <laughs> and thinking on your toes as well. It's not just making cocktails. You oh, could have to right. save some Saving. lives while you're there. Saving yeah. the day. Yeah, <laughs> classic. So you kind of spoke about expanding the business. What's the future? Another caravan? More caravans? More staff? Bigger events? Not another caravan. Not another caravan. No. Nope. We, we do want to get more bars. So part of the creative process is is designing bars and seeing what's in fashion and what's not and trying to... We've got a couple of really good ideas for some big statement piece bars that I think would go really well down the, ca- the coast, which I think we'll start looking at next year. Yeah. In building or even yeah. late this year. But we, we want to get a employee structure in place so we can have people coordinate events. We can do multiple events up and down the coast and kind of oversee it. And the idea is to not so much work in the business, but work on the business. It's hard to grow a business when you are at the events, flogging yourself every weekend. And mm. then you come home and you've you know spent 20 hours a week on that, that one day and you you don't have the focus that you should have to build the business up. Probably building the business, we just want to get some more solid structures around how we run. And so you're getting pretty hands-on in designing new bars. Yeah, and building them yourself. Yeah, we built the, built the press metal bars and the timber bars we got. Yeah, right. Um, that's epic. Well, the prototype for the metal bar, the timber bar, anyway. The first ones. You need a tractor to pick it up. <laughs> we we so didn't really we, think it through. We built one and then we sent off the idea to Chris who built the caravan and he whipped up a few more in about half a day. But he <laughs> yeah, whipped them right. up to be flat packs. So Brent made the first one out of solid timber. So it's um, really fun to cart around and get off the trailer. And <laughs> it's so heavy. It's can't, so heavy. Can't fold it down. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it takes the whole trailer up. Can't fit anything else in. But it's I enjoy it. I really enjoy building those bars. Um, I learn a lot about it, and basically, it's it's probably spent more time on Pinterest and Instagram, trying to work out our brand, our image, and what we wanted to do with those bars, what people were looking for, mm. what people not just up and down the coast here, but all across the globe, what they're using. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, yeah, it was, as an artist and designer, that's exactly how you design, and yeah. yeah you find your inspiration and you take bits from here and bits from there and yeah totally. yeah it's build really off enjoyable. that and make it fit into the theme that you're creating yeah and yeah. you guys are doing it perfectly it's yeah. really nice when you do it and it pays off and you start you know getting bookings for those bars you're like yeah damn, yeah and like that, <laughs> you see the photos of an event afterwards and the, the bars all dressed up and we've got people behind there making cocktails and you're like oh Done yeah. a good job on that. That looks yeah. really good. And so those year eight woodwork and metalwork classes <laughs> came in handy. Yeah, the backwards fork. <laughs> uh, failed miserably. Oh, there was some pretty pretty wild days in the backyard making those some bars, wasn't ten, there? Yeah, pretty tense days at times. <laughs> a few hammers and saws got I'd thrown. I'd come down and go, what? Why did you oil that? Oh, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> I just finished this timber bench and I put hours into sanding it and I just oiled it. It just come down and goes... No, we're not doing an oiled finish. <laughs> You're gonna have to sand that back. I just went, oh, oh no, crushing. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> what's what's actually involved in in making these bars? Is it something where you will knock it up and be like, okay, this is kind of what we're going with, or is there a bit of trial and error that comes with mm. painting, oiling something when it's not meant to be oiled? <laughs> and, yeah, and there shouldn't be. We try to put enough thought into it to get it right the first time. Yeah, probably not so much now, but. When, when I built those bars, I was working a full-time job, 
helping out with Henry Clive as well and trying to build these bars. So we kind of planned it for a long time, knew exactly how we wanted it to look. Mm. And then I had to learn how to use saws and things while we were We learned a lot of lessons it. when we were building the caravan where we made a couple of wrong decisions and they were quite costly. So we, we tried to really think about the process and what we wanted before we just dove in and did it, I guess. Yeah, there were some blueprints. So with these bars, you, you kind of want to know where your, your ergonomics are with your height as well. So we built them a little bit higher than a standard bench or bar for that reason. If, if you have it down low and you're there for eight hours making cocktails, it's, it's no good on your back or your knees or your legs. So they were built higher. Then we had to keep in mind the size eskies that we use that we can put under them. So all the measurements come from those ideas and that experience. And then mm. basically the, the several weeks we were looking at what we wanted to wrap the bars in with the pressed metal, the timber, the colours we're going for, the blonde timbers on top and the finishes to the timbers. And mm. I think we did pretty well yeah. with the first bar. And then well, the pressed metal bars weren't too bad as well. They come together pretty good. Yeah, they did. It's a slow process trying to source some of this stuff as well. Like it's a lot of hours walking up and down the aisles of hardware stores and a lot of hours online calling people, asking this, especially the press metal. Mm. That was hard to get a hands on. That's expensive. So we didn't want to mess that up. That needed to be right. And we got that from a supplier in Bathurst. Extremely helpful. you did nearly mess it up though, didn't you? When you cut the press metal wrong and then... I, I we... did mess it up. <laughs> it off. Thank you. Mistakes are all about being honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was the very last no, piece we, on we the second No, we thought you bar. did, but, you, but it ended up being okay. Yeah, that was, that was a fun afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, mistakes are going to be where you learn and grow from. Has mm -hmm. there been any crucial ones with the business outside of making bars? More <laughs> on the business side of things? What yeah, have you right there? there's probably, I'd say, I wouldn't say mistakes, but there's been learnings that come out of every single event okay. we do. Yeah. We, we sit down on a Sunday, we'll go out and have a coffee and talk about it. And mm. we're like, that didn't run too well or that person over better. there someone said something that kind of raised an issue that we might need to look into and it's, it's constant it's, continuous improvement for sure yeah otherwise if you don't do that you're just sort of stagnant i think with your business so you've got to keep on improving to be competitive as well because there are some awesome businesses out there mobile bar businesses that, that are doing great work as well so you, you've just got to be on your game as well to yeah make sure. that's right it's Competitive markets can sound scary, but I, I like them. I cherish them. They're great. It drives you. Mm. You see a, I don't like the word competitive, but you see another vendor and they're putting up pictures on Instagram of a certain style and a certain look and you're like, oh, that's amazing. We need to kind of work a little harder and keep up with these guys and, and it pushes us right? and that pushes them and yeah, you know, it gives the people that are looking for our business and our service a, a better option because everyone's yeah. just growing yeah yeah and i think like you said that all comes from looking at your business as a whole as you did with your life when you decided to embark on this adventure and looking at other competition whether you see it as healthy or not it's always going to help improve your product or your service it's like a lot of things it just basically raises the level of, of everyone overall we we talk about yeah. it with with art all the time mm. if yeah. you're in an area that has a lot of good artists it forces you to be better and yeah. not only want to better those guys but learn from them as well mm -hmm. yeah that's right i think we have done there's probably two or three vendors out there that are excellent there's definitely a couple in sydney that are really really good and it's 
something you can look at and you can get nervous about or you can feel down like you're not keeping up or it's something you can use to drive you which which we do and mm. i get excited when i see another vendor put something up that just looks perfect it looks epic i'm like wow good on you guys that's amazing so let's go out and do that ourselves and yeah, yeah it's it, in our own way yeah we i don't think we'd be who we are and where we are if if there wasn't these other vendors in this area and this booming little market that was pushing us all to strive to better our business yeah competition means there's a market for your business as well which is what you want yeah Yeah. that's right yeah finding that inspiration and drive from other people yeah like brett said we use it as artists you look at other people and you're like wow that guy's art is insane and Mm -hmm. you just look at yourself and think yep i gotta lift my game yeah and keep growing and that's the bar that's set now and i gotta jump up there yeah and you never drop the bar no, and it, it, we, it challenges you to step outside the box. And I think we're talking about the start of this podcast that tunnel vision you can get that tunnel vision again with your own business. And then if you see something different or something new, someone's putting another flavor out there, it challenges you to step back and look at your own business and your own mindset and go, well, maybe we need to think a little differently as well. We have a lot of creative people in our friend network as well. <laughs> and I think they've inspired us too to draw on our creativity and yeah just go for it so we're really lucky with that i think and we've had a lot of support and stuff from our friends yeah that's awesome a bit of the process that you mentioned was kind of the decompression session after it and you discuss your learnings from the past event do you guys do that every time and pretty much if if we can get out and and do it if we're available to do it i'd say 90 percent of the time i see it as a necessity you, you do need to kind of have that rundown post event to talk about things because I might have seen something differently to Jess or something might have been brought up to Jess that I didn't hear about or I didn't know about. I think we'll do it a lot more now that you're going to be a lot more involved mm. um, on the actual day. I know you're involved definitely um, in the background, but on the day um, we'll do it a lot more because we'll both be there and we'll both pick up on different things. It's an enjoyable part of the process. I like it. You can go and just relax and yeah talk about your business and where you want to take it and how well the night before went and how drunk that guy was and <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah that this whole the experience as a whole for you guys going from not only just coming up with the idea and, and going from that but it, i'm assuming it's taught you a lot about a creative process whether that be designing or the way you run events was is there a part of both of yourselves that you kind of didn't know you had creatively that you have now found I would say I never thought that I was a creative type. Yeah, you always say that, but I think you're excellent at it. Yeah, I think I'm more in terms of physically drawing art and stuff like that. I'm hopeless. But when it comes to creating ideas and and a brand and stuff like that, I've surprised myself, I guess, which yeah. has been nice. <laughs> I think there's definitely a process there. We're still learning it. We're still trying to understand. Totally what the best aspects of our mindsets are and our skill sets are to get the best out of our creative selves. Yeah, and it comes again like from inspiration. I'm seeing how people are doing things and learning how to do that for yourself. Videos that we do for the business or, you know, the posts that we put out there, it's it's all reflective of our business and our business personality. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You say that you're, you're not a creative person when it comes to art and stuff like that, but for a lot of people, it's just finding a way to express your creativity. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm, I'm not good with 
with a, a pen or a paintbrush or, yeah. or anything like that. But it's, it's just about trying to find the correct way to express that. And I think everyone has that creative side in them. Mm. Yeah. Just not everyone can, you okay. know, find a medium to put it out there on. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think our, our creative best is probably through our marketing at the moment and how we want to project ourselves to our clients. I really enjoy that side of the business. Same. It's something that I look forward to into the future. When I do think about Henry Clive and where I want to take it, that's a big aspect of it, is what exactly we want it to look like, what our bars want to look like, what our uniforms want to look like, and what glassware we're going to use, how we're going to garnish our cocktails. Comes down it's, to every detail. Yeah, that's right. Back to the process, it's probably a little bit sloppy at the moment because we're still trying to understand ourselves creatively mm. so i wouldn't say there's an exact process in place and a challenge that there ever is when it comes to being creative because you <laughs> need to if you if you stick to a process i guess your creativity is just gonna stay the same and it's mm. not gonna be creativity no that's exactly right it's never organized and yeah. uniform it's pretty chaotic and <laughs> however yeah. it, however it rears its yeah. head yeah it's kind of how it happens and I think you guys have figured out the perfect formula for what you, you're achieving. And yeah, yeah. moving forward, it seems like you've, you've got all your plans in place. You've figured out a lot of learnings and going from strength to strength. And from here, the sky's the limit. We usually ask at the end of the podcast, like, what do you want to create in the future? But I think you've nailed it throughout the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, almost. I, I think we, we want to just create a business that is happy for us yeah. creates a happy life for us and something that we continue to enjoy and look okay. it, it is an extremely enjoyable business but if it ever becomes unenjoyable yeah. again we'll follow the same process and, and go find something else to do but but right now we're yeah. loving it happy little chaffies <laughs> totally <laughs> thank you guys that was a no pretty worries, epic boys. little podcast and it was great to get the insight into how you guys created henry clive and we'll see you at the next big function Thanks for having us. Thanks so much, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>